have a lot in common, some really similar experiences, and some wildly different ones. We met because of beer. We bonded over comedy. But maybe the thing we love most is bread. And each other. Oh, do we though? Whatever. You know you love me. How about you just pass the bread? Cheers. Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. We are here and we are on theme. We're talking about soda bread. Soda bread. Tonight, uh, Kaylee whipped up a great loaf of soda bread. You into it? Yeah. I'm tasting it for the first time right now. All right. And um, I have to admit, it's not as bad as I thought it'd be. Why did you think it'd be bad? I had these expectations of it just being this really dry, crumbly, not good situation. Yeah. And when I was making it, it was actually like making a giant biscuit. (laughs) Yeah, it gets kind of flaky, I feel like, but Mm. not in a buttery way. Like it just, there's not a ton of moisture. It was like sticky. No, so my experience was was like sticky, lumpy, Mm -hmm. hard to shape loaf and like, you know. I patted it into the best that I could of a circle and then cooked it in cast iron. Oh, nice. And it's not, you're welcome. <laughs> I thought when I cut it, the inside would just be so dry. Okay. It's nice. Oh, it's very nice. And I feel like um, it has really great flavor. Like you can kind of, um, so traditional soda bread, Irish soda bread mm-hmm. is like four ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's flour, salt, baking soda, and I think originally it was sour milk, but now Mm. that's like buttermilk. Mm -hmm. So is that the recipe that you did? Yeah, it was buttermilk and egg. Okay. And then dry ingredients were flour, baking soda, salt, sugar. Oh, all right. Which I think is why it's a little, a little, like has some sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, it, It also had optional raisins, which I opted to leave out so so glad you did that (laughs) i am i am not into a raisin situation in a baked good at all at all see i love a cinnamon raisin like toast oh no i am a fan but i'm actually glad i left it out of this yeah i feel like it would have been almost too sweet Mm -hmm. and i definitely do associate raisins in baked goods with like cinnamon got it so that would be i think kind of weird to to have that plus um it would not be super traditional. So no. glad we did know. you look into what traditional is? Yeah, so I did. So like I was kind of saying, I mean it's those four ingredients. Um, and it's, you know, obviously associated with Ireland and it's definitely associated both here and over in Ireland with St. Patty's Day as kind of like a celebration of all those things. Um, but St. Patty's Day goes all the way back to, you know, the 400s. Mm. So it's been a lot uh, around for a while. Um, and what I found out is that uh, Irish soda bread is actually, like, not as old as you might think it is. Um, so not the 400s. Not the 400s. Okay. Um, the 1830s. Oh, that's very recent. Yeah, less than 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, uh, soda bread didn't originate in Ireland, 
which is fascinating. Um, it was actually Native Americans, um, indigenous people. In America. In America. The Native Americans. The Native Americans. Um, who discovered that using um, ash from, like, what was it, like, ash from trees, like, you could have, like, a natural soda compound from that. And so then that was what they used to, like, leaven their bread. Okay. And it became, like, a kind of, like, popular thing. Like, it started appearing in recipe books in the Americas in, like, the 1820s and then eventually made its way over to Ireland. I tried to find out, like, how did it make that jump because Mm -hmm. this was around the time um this was right before the great famine in ireland where like half of the country either died or immigrated Mm -hmm. um but there wasn't a lot of like people going from america to ireland at that point it was still kind of like going the other way so i couldn't figure out exactly how it got to ireland but the reason it thrived in ireland is because of the type of flour needed for this bread okay which is a softer wheat which doesn't need yeast it's like a Mm. lower gluten than hard wheat and so it wasn't like compatible with yeast um and the uh like weather in ireland only grows like soft wheat it's also a super poor country and so only needing like i think it also grows soft people (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) um but it's like so it came over to ireland and then it really developed there because it was super easy to make there were so few ingredients people could afford it and a lot of people didn't have access to ovens so you talked about like you made it in the cast iron um Mm -hmm. traditionally it is made like in pots like over fire over a fire that type of thing um and so it just really exploded and part of that was also because um baking soda arrived in england at that time at like the 1830s or bicarbonate soda is what Mm -hmm. they called it Mm -hmm. um and so it took off from there and then especially during the great famine there was so little of everything that people were you know living off of bread if they could find it well yeah i mean one of my first impressions is this will sop up any liquid (laughs) And this will fill your it is a hearty dense bread it's it's gonna fill fill some hungry bellies for sure uh-huh. um and so there were two different so like in southern ireland they made it in a circle with the cross on top of it which i noticed you did tonight like i was instructed to yes and the reason for that is Uh, It's supposed to, like, release the steam from the bread, but they also did it to ward off evil Mm -hmm. and let the fairies escape. Um, (laughs) Just, you know, Mm -hmm. diving into that. We're getting into some mysticism. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You know, Gaelic culture. There's a lot of fairy tales. There's a lot of magic happening. Um, And then Northern Ireland did it differently. They didn't do it in a loaf. They cut, like, four triangles, and then they would, like, kind of pat that down. And so it was, like, four separate little, like, hand. I was seeing that shape as well when I was looking at recipes. Yeah. Interesting. So, but I thought it was, yeah, I think that's just really interesting how, like, something will travel. Like, almost like we talked about, like, with pretzels last week where it was, like, 
okay, they kind of started in France and Italy, and then they kind of like now they're associated with like German culture mm-hmm. way more than either that. Kind of sitting there being like, okay, soda bread originated in the Americas because indigenous people used like wood ash. But then it became an Irish thing because all of the elements were like there and were readily available. Yeah. Well, I one thing, one of my takeaways was for it being called soda bread, I expected to have to put more baking soda in it. And it was a single teaspoon. And I don't know if maybe like the buttermilk is part of that acidity and kind of cuts that. But I was I was anticipating more. Um the only other research I did going into making it was texting Allie, our friend in Michigan, because she comes from a very Midwestern, probably celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So, like, tell me, Allie, what do you know about soda bread? And her only tip was make sure it's not expired baking soda. Oh. So I just bought a new container. Yeah. But, like, she immediately had a tip, which is Love something that. else. Midwestern <laughs> heritage folks were a helpful bunch. They really are. Yeah. Um, so, did you grow up with St. Patty's Day at all? Like, was that a Mm-mm. thing? No. No. I mean, I mean, I guess in, as far as like wear green to school so you don't get pinched. That was the extent of my yeah. upbringing mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounding it. And I, this is the first time I've ever had soda bread at all. It wasn't. I mean, it's looking at the recipe, it's a very basic bread. So who knows? My mom could have made it and not called it that, just called it bread. Um, but no, I didn't have like a strong Irish upbringing or like culture. Although I recently, last summer, did a 23andMe and discovered oh my Irish heritage. <laughs> okay. So this was a complete surprise? Uh, yeah. So I'm adopted. Mm-hmm. And so my whole life, I didn't know what I was. So I would normally just tell people that I didn't know, like when they asked your heritage. But I did want to, I did have that curiosity of like, what is my heritage? Because my mom was proudly German and French because her mom had come over on a boat from Germany and they had that heritage line that I just didn't have any relation to. So I remember doing school projects and stuff where I'd be like, what are you? What is your genetic traits? Da da da, and I would always be like, my family tree is empty. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of doing assignments because for whatever reason they do play pity on the adopted kid. They're like, oh, we won't make you pretend you know your grandfather was, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, and part of doing that, twenty uh, three and Me also did confirm, did verify who my biological family is okay or at least pieces of them all right <laughs> my, my mother's side um which was its own journey <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> a lot of revelations came out of that um but from a genetic standpoint uh my irish and british heritage is uh like 53 percent or something okay uh which in general, my entire genetic makeup was the most disappointing news I've ever gotten in my life. Was it just um, <laughs> so white? <laughs> 99.9% European. 
And the last 0.1% is unknown. <laughs> it didn't even try to attach me to Africa or the Indies or Eastern, anything with any color <laughs> I've been excluded from. Which explains why I've rebelled against white people so <laughs> much. Fair. Fair. Um, so yeah, that was a whole that was a whole thing. So do you feel like you have a better like how do you feel finding that information out after like so much time kind of like wondering or like not being able to answer that question? Um I guess knowing who my birth family is has probably clarified a lot of things for me. The actual heritage has little to no value. <laughs> <laughs> like, turns out, like, I'm not about to start, like... A pilgrimage no. to the British Isles. <laughs> no. no, I'll be happy to visit, but I'm not going to feel like, oh, my great-great-grandfather <laughs> stood on this. I could give a shit. <laughs> uh, I believe you're a little Irish, though. I am. Uh, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, I'm real white, so there's, yeah. a, there's a decent chance. Um, yeah, I think part of uh, part of my family's heritage is Irish. And, like, granted, I, hmm, this could be a story that my grandmother uh, exaggerated, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. But that was, like, where the Irish came from. And she said that, like, one of my ancestors apparently, like, came over in, like, a dancing troupe, like, Irish, <laughs> <laughs> like, Explains so much about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then they just like kind of, I guess, got stuck here or <laughs> stayed. Um, and then. I think that's a funny thing. Like, we see it now. Like, America is like a place you don't want to get stuck. <laughs> Back then, it was like this great, great thing. Well, yeah, I feel like even. Um, so I was in Ireland like um, a year and a half ago when we could still do things mm. like get our um, passport accepted in other countries and yeah. uh, go see places. And uh, that was, I think, one of the things I learned so much about immigration there and how like they still have, well, at least uh, in November of 2019, <laughs> um, they had a decent view of Americans and they wow. were very like, because so many people, I think like, Ireland was a country, like, in the 1840s when the um, Great Famine hit. There were, like, 8 million people in the country. And seven years later, at the end of the famine, uh, there were 4 million because they estimate, like, 2 million died. And 2 million, like, went to Canada, went to the States, mm -hmm. went to Australia, like, went where there were English I feel like places. we recently tried to do that to our own country. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Just kill off as many of us as you can. Make the rest of us want to leave, like, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Have I contemplated Canada? Mm. Mm. Contemplated Canada in the, uh, in the last calendar year? Yes. I've never wanted to be an expat more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. And I also want to mention, when you went to Ireland... You had a lot of experiences that you wouldn't normally have here or wouldn't be open to. Yeah. And um, it was sort of, a, I think, a learning experience for think, you. Yeah. I think, you know, vacation me had, was just like a little more open uh, to meeting people and like doing things. So like I had gone over there to visit uh, one of my college roommates who was like getting her Ph.D., um, in Dublin and 
I kind of went and was like, hey, like, you know, like, let's do some things together. But also this is kind of like a trial for me to see if I can travel solo, Mm -hmm. like internationally and like figure that out and if I'll enjoy it. And one of the things I did was um, I decided to go on this like literary pub crawl (laughs) it's just very uh, i told y'all she's the intellect on me brand for me (laughs) and my friend who's not a big drinker like at all like she might have a glass of wine at dinner three times a year maybe Mm. um and she was kind of like oh do you want me to like go with you and you know she was like i'll i'll like hang out with you and i could think of few things I wanted less than someone like awkwardly standing there in the corner with me like not drinking watching and not you drink participating. throw back some Guinness yeah so I was just kind of like no like I'm gonna like do this by myself um and I figured like worst case scenario I would just be people watching in the corner and drinking which is highly entertaining for me um but it's one of I, our favorite pastimes it really is we love sitting at we the love the to make up a storyline for strangers Oof. Man, I cannot wait for the day when I can once again just like eavesdrop on first dates oh. happening. Oh, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the reason I sometimes get nervous about first dates is because I'm just like, is there a me eavesdropping and judging this conversation? Well, I think going most forward, likely. your first dates, well, depending on how distant social distancing remains you'll probably have your own private <laughs> corner somewhere this is true is this to a ask positive of the pandemic boring ass questions about mm, each other maybe anyway <laughs> but no i ended up like meeting a couple of guys on the mm-hmm. uh on the pub crawl and like making friends and hanging out and shutting like the one of the pubs down and it was just really fun yeah and i think that was like one of the things where i am normally not open to meeting people like that no Kaylee has not me not in my presence and not in not not in Nashville no (laughs) no um I have been dying to play wingman (laughs) and she will not have it uh maybe because your version of playing wingman is just kind of like oh I'm gonna see what happens and shove you over there and I'm just I would never do that but I would happily go like start up a conversation with a group of Mm. people that especially if I go in knowing I'm not trying to get into any of that so I can just hang out yeah shoot the shit with the boys (laughs) your favorite (laughs) truly my favorite you do have this thing though where like i think that openness in a foreign country is interesting though because we've been in plenty of situations where you don't even realize men are speaking to you (laughs) and trying to engage with you Uh and you are not as receptive (laughs) to put it kindly (laughs) to put it kindly to put it as uh one man in my past said you have fuck off stamped on your forehead and that is the most accurate (laughs) it is because like there's there's been so many times where i think in your mind like everyone's writing you off and no one knows that you exist and they would never want you etc etc and the reality is they're like hi how are you and you're like fine (laughs) i just want the fry bread (laughs) yes i'm i'm not gonna deny that do i want a random interaction or do i want this 
delicious fry bread. Yeah, but I so I love that you in Ireland, like when you came back from Ireland, it was like such this like exciting thing. I thought it was gonna be a total shift in like <laughs> how you approach life, and it turns out no, you just <laughs> you just need to be in a country where you can bail <laughs> and be a thousand miles away safely if you need to. <laughs> okay, well I think like if you think about it. I think part of that, because it's not just me, I think that whole like vacation fling or vacation thing is a thing because the stakes are so low. Like you don't expect anything out of it. Like you don't expect to see Mm -hmm. this person again, to talk to this person. Um, And and you had a really nice time with that person. I did. One of them in particular. I did. Yeah. It made you happy. It did. Mm -hmm. And he was just really like, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, like why can't I meet someone like you? in my actual life it was a validating moment i think for you i think so because he was just and he was also just that like that perfect level of flirty that Mm -hmm. i think is really hard to do sometimes i think or that you (laughs) yes (laughs) the flirting you'll accept (laughs) (laughs) Mm. It, it does take a particular kind and i think it's a combination of that you have a particular like set of like ground rules you have under the surface that you're checking off boxes and whatever in your head probably as someone's engaging with you but also the you knew it wasn't you knew you weren't tied to anything no because he lives in LA so (laughs) if we could drop his name right here (laughs) everyone get to the googs and see if we can find this guy (laughs) but that's so but but you had his contact information, mm-hmm. and you've chosen not to ever reach out? Well, no. Like, we messaged after the pub that night because um, he was just kind of like, please, like, he was like, maybe this is weird, but, like, just let me know that you got home, like, safe because... Oh, shit. He was a good guy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because by the time I left, like, the buses had shut down, and so I had to, like, take a taxi back to uh, my friend's flat, and... He was just kind of like, please, like, let me know that you got, like, back okay. And so I messaged him um, when I got back, and we had a little bit of a back and forth. And then I was kind of like, because we were both going to be in Dublin for a couple of days. And so I was just like, hey, like, let me know if you're around. Um, But he and his friend that he was traveling with, I think they, like, went on a (laughs) Game of Thrones walking tour, as one does. Um. And then I never did heard that from get him again. you. Did that get you a little tingly? Uh, no, I think because by that time we just knew that the that last season was going to be a complete shit show and disappoint us all. So I was less invested. Um, yeah. Oh, I know how the much fact you- that that's how you answered <laughs> just validates everything I was actually asking. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but no, I mean, I think that was good. And I think it was that reminder of like, you're absolutely dead on when you kind of talk about like me being open or like what I expect of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it was this like nice reminder for me of like, oh, like, um, I think you've said this to me before about some <laughs> some other interactions that have happened in Nashville. Oh, I can't wait to be reminded of this. <laughs> uh where you're just like, oh my God, it's almost like you're a nice, funny person that people enjoy talking to. <laughs> it's so. this thing that you find impossible to understand about yourself. But um, I don't know. People enjoy hanging out with you. I mean, I know that. 
I'm I'm aware of that. I have confidence in that in certain areas, mm-hmm. but not always with dating because I just assume like, oh, I'm not the person in the room you want to talk to. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I, I mean, it has not served me well. Because you do have this level of confidence yeah. in certain areas, and I wish that could translate into like just like you existing, like you said, in a room of people. Like, my whole thing is, it's so funny because, like, the fuck off face is so accurate because instead of being engaging, like, you are so engaging amongst friends, but in a room with men who are mingling, you won't even make eye contact with them. You won't, like, give a little smile, raise some eyebrows. You're right. I I know I'm not. I can't. It's so easy. Argue with that. You have the power of the pussy. I know, (laughs) but you do. (laughs) Motivational pep talks from Kaylee. I think Ireland spurred so many things that I don't know. We thought we thought would go somewhere. As far as like you thought would go somewhere. (laughs) Well, I thought that I was hopeful for you. (laughs) Yeah, and I appreciate that. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were just like constantly encouraging me to message him, and I was kind of more like, nope, that's a thing that happened there. And but why? Um, because I just didn't really see the point in it. Like. I'm in Nashville. He's in LA. Do you want to talk about distance? <laughs> you and I have different <laughs> views on distance. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I was just kind of like content to like have it be that good experience and that good thing that happened um, in Ireland. Uh, yeah. And what about maintaining a friendship though? You weren't like you could have again curated this friendship with a man. Mm-hmm. That didn't have to be dating. Like you could have cured, like fed a friendship. No, no. Or you really just, wanted to leave it. Yeah, because I, I also kind of feel like uh, I don't know if this is like the right thing, but it's just kind of like yeah, like to what end? Yeah, I have enough long distance friends. I don't need another one. I think is kind of the thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you came away from Ireland at least with some like, oh, I'm capable of this. If and when the time comes, I can be this person yeah. and go feel comfortable and have a good time and a good banter and a good flirt and all that kind of stuff comes out of you. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going international with this podcast. <laughs> as soon as people take my passport again. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, man. <sighs> and I mean, as far as St. Patrick's Day... I don't know anything about it other than it's a saint, which makes it Catholic, which is big no-no where I come from because idolatry is bad. Mm. Yeah, maybe I should have done more research on St. Patty's Day. But I like, mean, honestly, we don't care. We like bread. <laughs> from what I remember, St. Patrick was like this saint who like cast all of the snakes out of Ireland. Mm. I think that was him. So that's okay. why, you know, there aren't any snakes in Ireland. Is that true? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Why? I'd have no idea. He didn't actually do that, though, right? I don't think so, but who knows? <laughs> Miracles can happen, Kaylee. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Have you ever been to a miracle healing crusade in a tent? Oh, no, but I have seen my dad <laughs> anointed with oil and prayed over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to talk about that miracle tent? 
I mean, it was a. <laughs> I mean, the evangelical church I grew up in was very, uh, well, Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, miracle healing crusades, they called them twice a year. Annually, they set up three tents that are legitimately the size of circus tents. And everyone from all of the international churches and national churches come and they go to church. I think there's three sermons in the morning and one at night. Oof, that's a lot of church. It's a lot. And, you know, when you're in it, it's super normalized. But having stepped away from that, it's it's a lot. Reflecting back on the messages they were preaching. <laughs> the condemnation of so many aspects of humanity that just... Ah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. And it's hard. I mean, that was one thing, like, especially like speaking in tongues or whatever, so normalized. And it wasn't until I left that I realized, oh, most churches aren't doing this. Yeah. Even like Christian identifying evangelical churches aren't necessarily speaking in tongues. And, um, you know, we had members of the church that would prophesy. I guess God was speaking through them. And it's pretty intimidating. Like, it's so weird, like, because it was so normalized to me, so I didn't think anything of it. And then I remember if, like, a friend would come with me or whatever, and that would happen, they would just, like, eyes wide open, like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. No, I think I think that's one of the ways in which, like, our religious background is a bit different because mm-hmm. my dad was definitely a more of the, like, bent of, like, no, that is all, like, emotional manipulation and, like, not of God interesting and i remember i one time there was like a we called it like charismatic church Mm -hmm. uh like in town and i was friends with like one of the girls and so i went to like summer camp and i got prayed over in tongues Mm -hmm. and i remember like when i went home and like told my dad that he was uh not happy and it was very much a like that's not true christianity which is um guys a, a big thing in christianity is that there's like true christianity there's, yeah and then there's like not true christianity i mean my parents had the same i mean the church had the same belief system of like one way uh-huh. their way and it was interesting because my parents didn't grow up that way my dad was raised baptist my mom was raised like loosely lutheran mm-hmm. my grandma still went to like the lutheran church up until she died but um you know m- my mom didn't grow up as strictly religious or whatever but they would tell like i remember my parents being like my dad talking about his mom like well they're not real christians because they believe once you're saved you're always saved so like his own family wasn't like good to go <laughs> yeah. because they weren't practicing in the same way that they were I just like was like baffled by that. Even as a young kid, I don't know. I never attached to it. Like I never, you know, the common thing too was like getting baptized. Mm-hmm. And I think all of my friends around 12 is when everyone would start getting baptized and they'd go up to the pulpit and like give their testimony of like how much they had sinned. And like we were 12. Our biggest sin was like lying about doing our homework or, you know, like it was just so outrageous that we were expected to even testify about how God had changed our lives when like (laughs) we had not experienced anything traumatic or. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like when you're taught that 
everything about you and like who you are is sinful yeah you're born yeah is in need of redemption like Mm -hmm. that gets like hammered home where it's like oh i can't trust myself i can't trust like anything that i think or feel because like that could be satan misleading me and so i need Mm -hmm. to like really watch out for that yeah and like i do want to also say that i'm also trying not to be super judgmental about it because for some if it works for you and your life does feel more complete and you do feel more secure with your future and heaven and like if that's if that gets you through your life like i guess props to you for finding that thing it's my whole thing was like pushing it on everyone else yeah like let people come to their own conclusions and um you know evangel like evangelizing was their mission like literally street corners bullhorn signs had no problem telling you you were going to hell you know and it was just like so like to me that's not a christianity that i want to be part of if you're going to stand on the corner and tell me i'm going to hell the first thing I want to do is not sign up to be part of your church. <laughs> like that's just such a turnoff. Yeah. And using that fear, like fear tactics were huge. And I mean, I just, I never got baptized. I rejected it. Like my parents never really pushed it, but they would occasionally ask, like, Oh, do you want to get baptized? And I was just like, no. And I wasn't asked like for an explanation or whatever, but I just, for like my whole, I was just like, this is not, doesn't feel connected, which after meeting my biological family, because I didn't meet them last summer, I don't know, nature versus nurture, that whole mm-hmm. conversation. But I was like, oh, these people have my belief system and my mindset and um, just couldn't be more opposite than how I was raised. And so it was like, maybe this is where I get my ideologies from and my true core belief system of that they're like the least judgmental they've lived a hard life but they like love and are inclusive and all of that and that's like that's a thing I value so much more yeah so like of course like I don't I don't know I'm grateful for my upbringing because I was raised in a way that I wanted for nothing I grew up very like middle class upper middle class had everything every every need was met and you know I knew my parents loved me for sure so it wasn't like my rejection of the religion isn't a rejection of them it's just my true core is like not on the same page yeah I think I realized like when I kind of quit going to church which was like you know you're uh you quit going to church in like an abrupt fashion Mm -hmm. and mine was like a very gradual like effect but I kind of realized that I was like oh like I've gotten significantly less judgmental from not being in church Mm -hmm. and that to me was like a huge red flag because it was kind of like everything technically in scripture is all about love and acceptance and kindness but like that's not necessarily what it felt like and so like to your point of being like yeah, like I I think I still struggle with like like especially interacting with my parents in those ways where I'm like you guys say all of these things, mm-hmm. but like I also know how you talk about people you disagree with. Yeah. And these two things don't match. Yeah. And so I just get a little like I think 
if it works for you, that's great. But as you were saying, exactly, like the moment you start expecting that like my way of life should be mm-hmm. what everyone does is when I start yeah. having I a certainly hard time. experience yeah. And I certainly experience a level of hypocrisy yeah. of like you claim to like be so connected to Jesus and the way he taught and what he did and his his givingness, like his giving I don't even know if that's not a word, but his like openness to people that were other and lesser and poorer and broken and all these things. And the only time you want to help those people is if they come into the church and adopt your belief system. Completely conform. And then you'll offer them a meal or a place to stay instead of offering that with no judgment of the baggage that they're bringing with them. And, um, I think hypocrisy was one of the earliest things and words I used with my family. It was just like, you're not actually being kind. And that I don't like that. Nope. I don't attach to that. So I don't know. It was a, my, <laughs> my leaving was abrupt in that, like, I had checked out probably by my sophomore year of high school. But um, they gave me an ultimatum when I started dating the man I ended up marrying because we had slept together pre-marriage premarital relations and um they told me to I could either go back to church or move out and I was I was gone in two days yeah I was like what what I've done I feel no guilt for (laughs) and as you should I you know I'm bye. <laughs> yep. And mine was much more like I feel like I always had questions and I like pushed back in some ways, but like I was not at all rebellious in high school mm-hmm. and like me neither. Church was my main like my youth group friends were like my real friends. Mm-hmm. Um and then in college, like my Christian college experience was great and like would I choose that school now? No, absolutely not. But um, I made amazing friends and I got a great education and all of that. But I, it was right after I graduated that I just felt like I had not been prepared for the actual world that mm-hmm. you live in because yeah. you're kind of taught this whole like black and white and you're going to know what to do in every single instance and like you're gonna you're gonna know right from wrong and it's gonna be so clear and God's gonna make his way clear and then I graduated and I was like I'm not prepared for anything it's a shit ton of gray (laughs) I have been lied to and like I'm angry about it Mm -hmm. um and so it that's where it started and then it's just been a gradual like when I moved to Nashville I tried church again and then was just kind of like no (laughs) Still nope, not connecting to it's it. It's not. I, I can't. Yeah. 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 It is a little frustrating that, like, because of the way we were indoctrinated, it's turned us off so much. Yeah. Like, I am envious of the people that have this really good balanced relationship with the church and with organized religion and all of those things. Because it does, for a lot of them, appear to be fulfilling in a way. Yeah. And I'm just like, I guess I'm getting my fulfillment elsewhere. Like, cause that's the other thing. I've never felt a void. And my dad would always be like, you must feel so convicted 
to this day, like I've never felt any conviction about like my choices or like anything, you know, since I was a young child when it was like really like presented in this scary way. Like I remember I'd, every time we got in the car, I would like say the sinner's prayer in case we crashed and died just to make sure I was going to heaven. And then at some point you realize like, uh, maybe just be a good human being. Mm-hmm. Maybe just be kind to people. <laughs> maybe, and I'm Wild. certainly not without fault, <laughs> fault and flaws. <laughs> and I've done some shit. I've, <laughs> you know, isn't great. But here we are. Yeah. And I feel like, generally speaking, I'm living a life that I'm not ashamed of, and that speaks volumes. Yeah. I yeah. I like the like like. Mm. Wow, it'd be great if I could talk. Uh, <laughs> She's so enamored. I am. How's uh, that bread? It's real good. I I like that uh, you gave the three options of like, mm-hmm. so we tried this three different ways, mm-hmm. just plain to like yep. actually get the taste. One with butter mm-hmm. and then one with a butter and very tart cherry jam. You like that? Delightful. Oh. I think it's nice. It's not yeah. too sweet. No, it's perfect. Love the balance. I mean, you can take home the other half of the long. <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah. Or some of it. Or some of it. I mean, you did say it can make a great breakfast bread. That's what they suggest. They, su- they suggest putting it in the toaster. Oh, I don't have a toaster. A toaster oven? Do the actual oven. You don't even have, what? Okay. Do we need to get into this? <laughs> uh, I don't like things on my counter. I like a clear counter. I have minimal. I mean, you've been in my apartment. It's yeah, quite but small. Like, Look at my storage space. I don't small... have room for a toaster. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how to live without a toaster. I mean, Wait, how are you? Like, you, so you never eat toast? No, sometimes you can toast it in the oven. You have to heat up a whole oven? Mm-hmm. In the winter, it's not a bad, bad thing. But, like, no, I don't eat a ton of toast anymore, although I have thought about getting a toaster or bagels mm. english muffins mm. love an english muffin love a bagel i mean that's what this podcast is about <laughs> oh am i not allowed to be on this podcast without a toaster <laughs> is this a requirement I mean, before the next not recording consuming morning bread i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the hunt for a new co-host began <laughs> I mean, an English muffin with the holes in the butter. I mean, we'll have an English muffin episode. Oh, yeah, we will, because there's a recipe I want to try, man. Oh, I've never even made them. I'm I haven't either. I'm totally content with the bagged. <laughs> mm, but you got all that lovely cast iron, and that's what they're <gasps> called to uh, be made in. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Bread. <sighs> we love it. Did we get too heavy this week? What do you guys think? I mean... <laughs> We got into we got into, the, we got into it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm mean, enjoying it. Right? Yeah. I, and to be fair, this is how all of our conversations go. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not lying. This is very much our You're friendship. not hearing anything we haven't probably nope. talked about. Kaylee lectures me on. <laughs> on boys. On uh, ways that I could put myself out there more and. And be more out there. And I then... think selfishly, it's because I want you to experience like love in a way that I have, and because it's so good, <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the best place. I know that it does. I know that there's something that can't be replicated in a friendship that occurs in 
a more ro- romantic relationship. Yeah, I uh, I know that. Just having, like, I know you have your people, but when you have a your person. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think that is a thing that, like, was made just so clear uh, around this time last year. Um, I think one of the, the first, like, two months of the pandemic and of the shutdown for me were um, – it was definitely like I I never feel lonely mm-hmm. in my life like I have um, my people as you were mm-hmm. saying and um, but it it became really apparent that I was like oh I am no one's first priority and no one is my mm. first priority yeah and it was this like I had never felt so alone um, in my life because it was just this very clear like yeah no I am I am on my own in this and um that was that was something to really think about and I mean I think you know I'm definitely still thinking through that I would love to share my life with someone Mm -hmm. um I think I just have to believe it's possible and that which is what we're gonna work on someone that I would want to give up (laughs) all of the uh freedoms that I have and uh but you have to see like you're not giving up all of your freedoms I know but like that's the thing of like I haven't met someone that hasn't made that feel like giving up um and that was another takeaway from the Ireland trip was that I'm really excellent at traveling by myself which is just another thing I'm great at doing alone oh are we getting into the uh Kaylee is searching for our card because we (laughs) apparently didn't get deep enough in this episode Oh, this is so per No, no, no. This is a perfect one. It leads right back into what we were just talking about. Great. You'll know for me this is also this is a bigger struggle for me probably than for you. All right. Do you want me can I ask? Yeah, this you one can the ask first? it first. All right. Let's go last time. All right, let's see. Okay. What <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Uh, what's been the best compliment a stranger has ever given you? I don't have an answer for <laughs> this. Think real hard. I mean, a compliment in general to me feels so hard to take. <laughs> you guys, this is, she will not take it. She will reject it. I will it. reject it. Um, She'll make God. you feel like an idiot for having deigned to give her a compliment. I think stranger, coming from a stranger, I don't get a lot. I'll get a lot of like, oh, I like your glasses, like mm-hmm. like commentary on like what I'm wearing or something like that. A lot of people have complimented your tattoos like when we've been out. Yeah. We've been a couple times. Mostly, well, yeah. Ron Funches I never... complimented your hair. <laughs> I mean, I know he doesn't feel like a stranger. Maybe but... that was the greatest. <laughs> um, but, like, even this week, uh, the girl I work with, we had to open, we were setting up her business Facebook page. So we had to open my Facebook and she was like, oh, my gosh, I love your profile so much. You look like such a boss. And the first words out of my mouth were like, it's so stupid and it's really (laughs) idiotic like i was just like immediately like you're an idiot for thinking that is how where my brain Uh goes is like how could anyone like that it's so stupid (laughs) and you tell me that when i think that i'm not the person people want to talk to you 
that I'm an no, idiot. but it's it's the compliments. I think it's like, do you okay? So like, if a guy came up and complimented me, I would absolutely think he's obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah, it's like don't like lines or something wouldn't Mm-mm. like that does not work for me. Nope. Yeah, I don't I don't know where this like I don't know how to like <laughs> articulate this, but yeah, don't. If you came up and like, oh my god, you have beautiful hair. Ron Funches was funny. Like that was like a joke to me. If someone was genuine, I would leave. Uh-huh. Or, like, say something really awful back to them. Why? Like, why is that the automatic response, though? <laughs> like, what is it where it's like, do you not think that about yourself at all? No, my hair is fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, like, why Why the complete aversion to compliments? It's to anything. It's to my skills. It's to a- yeah, any I'm, compliment. It's why? Just, because I don't want the attention. Okay. I don't want them looking or noticing anything about me. Professionally, physically. <laughs> like, I, here's my thing. I want attention and affection from a soul person. Mm-hmm. And when you've been designated that soul person, that's the only person I give any credibility to because oh I've God. chosen <laughs> oh, <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Mm. From a stranger. From a stranger. That's also like, because I feel like I'm, for a different reason, I have a similar Mm -hmm. reaction. Like when people, or like when strangers pay me compliments, I think, I think my first thing is just being like, what are you trying to get from me? Like I automatically go the like suspicious route, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, on brand for me because I'm just like, why are you trying to manipulate me to feel a certain way? I think. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And then with when friends compliment me, um, I think for the most part, I'm just kind of like, well, you love me, so you're biased. You have to. So I can't trust yeah. your judgment because you're not going to be, like, fully truthful. It is something I think I've tried to work on and, like, just say thank you, especially to someone I don't know as well. Yeah. To you, I'll just fuck right off. But, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All the time. But I feel like if it is, like, an acquaintance or a stranger, like, oh, thanks. Or, like, I just try to not maybe dismiss it so rudely. <laughs> but Stay but agreeable. yours, yeah, yours is different because I think you have a bit of, like, yeah, why? Why would you even suggest that about, like, what is your ulterior motive? Yeah. Which I don't like. On your behalf. <laughs> I also don't like that you won't take compliments. <laughs> so we're in the same I think boat on that. Part of it too, like if someone's like, if it's about like work I've done or anything like the comedy in like industry, to me it feels like I don't I don't know. Like, I feel like what I'm doing is not that impressive. So, like, why are you impressed? Oh, like, th- like to me, like, what I'm doing is, like, mindless whatever. So, I'm like, God, you're, like, easily impressed if you think Yeah, like, I'm making an entire event happen that didn't exist previously. <laughs> but it's, like... Managing ticket but sales. But in my head... <laughs> it just comes so easily and naturally no. to you. <laughs> oh, my God. In your head, Kaylee? 
in my head, an idiot could do it because I'm doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that was worse than I expected. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> All right. That's getting real right there. Uh, well, well, this has been fun. I'm tempted is. to cut another slice of bread. I'm not going to lie. Actually, I'm, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was not bad. I don't know why. I was like, I thought it would be so crumbly and crusty. And well, maybe because like that's how I kind of described my experience of making. Yeah, it. and so did so did Allie. She was like, it's just dry. You just soak up stew. And I was like, well, this is gonna be a dreadful but it's really nice yeah because that's like the last thing we normally want from a bread experience but Mm -mm. again thank you so much for listening (laughs) you're hearing all of our deepest inner shit yeah on the second episode which was not Not, my intention i honestly didn't think we were gonna go here either really Mm. it just happened Mm -hmm. Mm, you know um but yeah you should definitely um If you like what you heard tonight, you should probably rate, review, subscribe. I can tell you right now, if you leave us a review, we will read it on the podcast. (laughs) And we will cackle. If you please compliment Kaylee on this review. That's not the instructions. Leave an outrageous compliment. um, And I would love to read that to her. So Um, please do that. But do please, like, we don't know where we want this podcast to even go, but turns out, Rating, reviewing, and subscribing <laughs> is a big deal because every one of the podcasts you listen to tells you to do it. Um, so, you know, wherever you're listening, more of you have downloaded the first episode than we ever <laughs> anticipated. And uh-huh. we want to know who you are because it's more than our friends group. Yeah. <laughs> the number's larger than the people we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's, it's significantly more uh, than the number of people that I told about this. 100%. So, so yeah. thanks. Um, now we'll just live in constant fear that we're disappointing you all or being boring. That's my, that's one of my <laughs> biggest, inse- like, I don't know if it's an insecurity, but it's certainly one of my things I'm feeling the most is that I'm boring you. Mm. I don't worry about it with you as much because we're just like, dur, dur, dur. but... <laughs> With my, um, <laughs> the, the man I'm into, <laughs> I don't know how to identify that. Uh, I think I'm boring him all the time. Oh my God. I assume I'm so boring and Dear uninteresting. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, unfounded. <laughs> I've had so many conversations with him. <laughs> He's so into you, but, you know. Oh, I don't think so, but, I think so. um, yeah, like I worry I bore people. So that's probably my biggest inner critic is like, you are not entertaining enough. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think mine is like, you're annoying. You think people think you're annoying? Or that's like my fear. I don't necessarily... I, I feel that a little bit too sometimes if I talk too much. Yeah, yeah. Like insert myself. Or like, because sometimes I think the people who annoy me the most are the ones who aren't self-aware and like don't shut up. And I recognize the irony. Yeah, but I would of never identify you that way. Saying that on a podcast that I'm currently a co-host <laughs> of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> 
if you want to follow us on Instagram, there will be probably photos of the bread that we're talking about. Yep. The penis pretzel will make an appearance. Oh, you guys, your eyeballs are about to be blessed. <laughs> um, tonight's bread will be on there. Yeah, I mean, also, you know, like, send us a message. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Mm -hmm. If there's, like, a bread that you're, like, if you guys don't talk about this at some point, like, we riot. Um, (laughs) There's a place to do that, too. We have a website. Oh, shit. (laughs) Passthebreadpodcast.com. Appropriate. And you can, yeah, there's a place to submit breads you want us to try, recipes you want us to cook, other I mean, I think I put on the website, like, make up a fake name and tell us your weird, dirty secrets, and we'll oh, we we talk about it. all over that. <laughs> um, tell us about your relationship with church and family mm-hmm. and um, where you're at. All those things. So there's an option to do that on there. You can listen to the latest episode on there. And... We're going to try to do a monthly newsletter <laughs> that includes recipes for all the things we talk about. Yeah. If so. you really want to cook this bread, we'll include the recipe. And you're just like, you know, I really do want to stink up my kitchen with a baking soda bath. That Ugh. is, that's a goal. I'm not sharing my pretzel recipe, but you can share yours. <laughs> I stand by it. I'm going to make it again. Great. It's delightful. So yeah, all of that can be done there. Follow us on Instagram. Tell your friends, I think. Yeah. If you guys want to have something to talk about together. I mean, that was one of our bonding moments Mm -hmm. discussing mutual podcasts. So Recommending podcasts to each other all the time. Yeah. Nothing like a 10-minute outro to (laughs) To wrap things up. To wrap this up. But um, I think that's it. Wait, one last thing. The music. We kind of butchered it last week. James Witchell. James Witchell. He's a genius. He's doing our intro music. He's doing our outro music. He also has a band called Jim Dandy Boom, which you can listen to on Bandcamp if you want to throw him some money or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're downloading music. Um, It's metal music. It's not our intro or outro sound or vibe, but... If you have rage in the kitchen, that could be an album you want to listen to. You got to need some dough, work out some aggression, (laughs) listen to some metal. You got to pound some bread. (laughs) All right, guys. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Next week. We'll be here. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Bye. Bye.